Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome in to Best on the it is Tuesday, June 7th, and on this episode, we are going to be discussing Game 3 of the NBA Finals, which takes place on Wednesday night. But we've got every single betting option already posted, so hey, why not have you know 36 hours to look at this rather than 12 or 10 or something like that? Michael Beller and James Edwards breaking it down for you here. James, a very fun set of games out in the Bay Area. Boston takes game one with that ridiculous fourth quarter. Then Golden State bounces back, shuts Boston's offense completely down in game two and sends this thing back across the country for game three. I think we're going to get a fun couple of games in Boston. Yeah, I think so too. I'm very excited. As we were talking about before we hit record, I'm excited to see uh, Steph's and Draymond's antics against in that Boston crowd. Um, I think it can make for entertaining TV, but... Yeah, this I think game two, to me, was really the most – I think it maybe formed my opinion more um, mm-hmm. than, than, than game one or even going into the series. As we talked about, I was 50-50. I thought mm-hmm. the Celtics were the better team, and I wanted the Warriors as a basketball fan to win. I wanted Steph to get one more. Um, after game two – and, and somebody, Zach Harper, colleague, put it put it well. He's like, I think the Celtics are the better team, but the Warriors are the smarter team. Mm-hmm. And I think that showed in game two. I still think that the Celtics offense can get a little too stagnant, as it showed in game two. Um, as corny as people may think Draymond's antics are, I do think it worked, and I do think it mucked up the game, um, mm-hmm. and I think that favored the Warriors. Uh, I like Boston a lot, but I do wonder – if that stagnation is, I mean, it is just part of their DNA. I think it's just going to yeah. happen. I don't oh, know if sure. they can withstand kind of the the effortless flow of Warriors basketball for an entire series. So let me first put the uh, game three lines out there. We've got Celtics three and a half point favorites at home. Two twelve and a half is the total. That's down a couple of points. Both games in uh, at Golden State were at two fifteen and a half. So we're down a couple of points from that mark, but still two twelve and a half. Uh, a, a fair over under considering what these teams are. Um, this is like if if I'm Boston and I'm coming back home, the thing I think I'm most concerned about is the fact that. They've t- they've effectively shut down Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the first two games of the series, and Jason Tatum made six threes in in game two. So it's hard to say they shut him down in that in the way that we think about that. And those he's were all of, the first half, right? All for he's and he's four of twenty two yeah. on two pointers yeah. over the first two games of this series. And you know Jason Tatum uh, is you know, a good shooter. I don't know if I would call him a great three point shooter, but definitely a good three point shooter. A guy who has that six three game in his that he has that club in his bag. Mm-hmm. 
but the, the Warriors are going to take four from twenty four out of twenty two from two point range all day with Jason Tatum, even if it means him knocking down six threes in one of the two games. And so, if I'm the Celtics, you talk about the stagnation of the offense, and they we saw them we saw that really happen in Game Two. And the game one, you know, I mean, even Jalen Brown, right? He was like 10 for 23 from the floor. It was the supporting cast. It was Al Horford scoring 26, Derek White scoring 21 Uh that carried Boston in game one. And so we're coming back home and, you know, you feel good about that. And, hey, you did what you had to do. You got a split at Golden State. But uh, you put some truth serum into me. If I'm Ime Udoka, I'm a little concerned about the fact that, yeah, Golden State really effectively controlled my two best players in those two games. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And I think in regards to Tatum, the way that the Warriors are defending him, it is forcing him to be a playmaker. And I like the way Tatum is playing. Like, he's playing mm-hmm. basketball the right way. I just wonder if they're, like you said, if the supporting cast is good enough to that Tatum and his facilitating and his playmaking for others can make them pay. And I'm not sure that it is. I, I, I'll bet good money that – um, Horford, White, and Smart don't shoot that way from three again in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, what was the final for game one? I was 120-108. Yeah, and like, okay, so say that's 12 points, and they went 15-23 to 23, those three or something like uh, that? That sounds right, and or, Boston shot like 55% from three as a group. Yeah, so even if they shoot like average those three, like you're talking probably about a different ball game. So I, I, I just don't trust – that the Celtics are going to be able to move the ball consistently. Is there a Jason Tatum, Jason uh, Jalen Brown game in there that where it's just like they're just so good? Possibly, but I mean the Warriors have just been consistent. I think Steph has been good this whole playoffs or this whole finals. I think Andrew Wiggins he missed some weird shots in game two, but I think he's been really good. Um, Clay has to find himself. It looks like Jordan Poole's turning a corner a little bit. Otto Porter's like not getting many looks, but like he's making his open shots. Um, I I don't know. I just I I trust that the Warriors are going to play more like the Warriors. Well, the Celtics are playing like the Celtics. It's just I don't know if that works against the Warriors for a seven game series. I don't, like like I I just I don't want to say it again, but I'm I'm the, the game you win, your two best players go thirteen of forty from the floor. And Jason Tatum, like you said, they, they Boston turned him into a playmaker. Miami sort of laid out that blueprint over the last few games of the Eastern Conference Finals. Golden State seems to be following that over the first two games of these NBA Finals. And he did a great job of that in Game 1. Even though he shot just 3 of 17, wasn't able to get anything going scoring himself, dished out 13 assists. Uh So he did that effectively. And you know, I don't have off the top of my head how many of those 13 assists were to Horford or Marcus Smart or Derek White on what you were correct, the 15 of 23 threes that they made. But I'm sure it was a fair amount of those. So Jason Tatum took the plays that were available to him, and the guys on the other end, the guys on the receiving end of those passes, were knocking down the shots but now we've seen two games in a row where you haven't been able to get your bread and butter offense going you haven't been able to rely on Tatum and Brown and I mean this is you know this is a superstar league we've known that for a very long time and it is great that you have shooters around these guys who can you know have a 15 out of 23 night it is great that Jason Tatum can adjust his game on the fly and give you a 13 assist night when the guys are making shots but you're not doing you're not winning four games like that like you need nope. you need a Tatum game you need a couple of Tatum games you need a Tatum plus Brown game like the Boston needs that they can definitely get that but we haven't seen evidence of it in the first two games of the series that it's available to them and, I, and that's what would have me concerned and I think too I don't necessarily think the Warriors' game plan in game one was wrong I just think that 
the Celtics capitalized yeah. uh, as to the maximum degree. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you're going into a series with the Celtics, you're going to uh, leave available shots for mm-hmm. the three guys that hit them. Um, and it just so happened that they shot a ridiculous percentage. Mm-hmm. I think it, what you saw from Golden State, like those shots aren't necessarily being taken away. But at least in game two, and maybe game three, it changes because they want to see if they can do it again. But in game two, they at least got up in guys a little bit more. Like Horford, mm-hmm. I think maybe Derek White had like two comfortable three-point looks. Uh, other than that, like they defended the perimeter pretty well, even just making Horford and, and White and Smart think about the threes or at least be contested. Yeah. It's a shot-making sport, right? I mean, this is a thing about sports. Like, in almost every single sport, what, no matter what, baseball, football, basketball, whatever the case may be, good offense is going to beat good defense, right? Great, you put an A-plus offense out there, an A-plus deep, like an individual play, that A-plus offense is almost always going to win. And, and they were making shots. You make 15 out of 23 threes, maybe your closeouts could have been a little bit stronger. Maybe your rotations could have been a little bit better. But if it's three guys, three supporting players are making 15 out of 23 threes, sometimes you just got to tip your cap, say, hey, they were making shots, they got us, we'll move on to the next game and that's not necessarily going to be repeatable for them into the next game as we saw and yes your point very well taken right Al Horford goes six of eight from three in game one shoots four field goals period in game two doesn't even get a three off Derek White two of four from three Marcus Smart oh of three from three in game two so it was a totally different look from the Boston offense and then when you're holding uh, um, Jalen Brown to five of 17 from the floor you're going to look pretty darn good if you're Golden State. So that's what we take into this game three. As I said, right off the top, Boston three and a half point favorites with this series shifting back to the East Coast or shifting to the East Coast for the first time. In the finals, two twelve and a half. and a half the total. Any leans, any feelings for you on either of those numbers? I would take the Warriors um, in, the, in the points. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would, I'd hit the over. I'd hit the over. I think I think the Warriors win game three. Um, I don't think Boston is as bad offensively as they were uh, in, in, in Golden State just simply because they're back home. Maybe there's a little bit more juice, just mm-hmm. the, the natural juice that maybe comes. Even though, and I, I don't know if you were going to bring this up, the Celtics haven't been great at home on the playoffs. Like I mm-hmm. think they're either 5-4 and four or 4-5. and five. Um, yeah. So – I, I do think that Celtics are going to score more points uh, than they did in game two, and I think the Warriors are going to continue to kind of put up around the same range. So um, I could see like a – it's 212. Yep, and a half. I could see like a 111-106 game. I Like it, it just uh, – my, my lean is in the direction of the Warriors too. Um, I, I, like I said, like I've said, I just, I would, I'm very concerned about, Bo- about Boston's offense, um, going into this game three into the fact that we just haven't seen, you know, these, the, where they're going to have to be able to get their scoring consistently from, it just hasn't been there. And it's two games, Golden State's a great defense. You get back home, you get the juice of that building going, things could definitely flip. And that's why I'm not playing it. I'm staying away from, from, cause I lean warriors, but I just worry about, you know, things with, when you're, when you have two guys as talented as Tatum and Brown, two guys who are as just flat out good and hardworking as those two guys are, the switch could easily flip for them and things could come uh, up well for the Celtics in game three. So and it's not and we might be close to a Draymond ejection too. We should probably factor <laughs> that in. It's got, we got to be getting one at some point. Yeah. We're going to, I think he has five texts or four texts. I think seven is the suspension mm-hmm. number. I, 
I could see Draymond like taking that to game six or something like that. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, listeners, uh, James and I can see each other, and he's got he's just all Michigan stated out too, right? Yes, now. go green. Really feeling the uh, it's like you're you're channeling Draymond for us here. <laughs> <laughs> I got to bring the Draymond energy to the podcast. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, James, a few props I want to run through with you here. The first one that just jumped out at me, I mean, we're always going to look at points. We're always going to look at the best players. So Jason Tatum, 27.5 is the number here. I'm so tempted to go under because of what we've been talking about for a huge part of the 10, 11 minutes we've been talking. I don't think I have the guts to do it, though. I am going to go over. Yes. Because I think that... (laughs) Tatum, I think we see a Tatum like, okay, me facilitating hasn't worked, even though it's been the right play. And I could I think he's more aggressive. Yeah. I and I I think he stumbles into to twenty eight, twenty nine. I think we have a Tatum game. This, I, you know, I just feel. That's, that's that's sort of the way I lean too, and that's why I'm afraid to do it, even though we, what we've seen from Golden State, we've seen, and you know, you and I were sitting here like, you know, we know a thing or two about basketball. We watch a lot of this stuff, uh, but the Boston coaching staff, I'm willing to say, knows a little bit more about basketball than we do, and especially about their players. And so, if we can talk about this and say we've seen X, Y, Z, obviously Boston has seen X, Y, Z, and then some. I mean, if you are. Udoka and you are this coaching staff and you feel the way we feel that you know game one was great but we probably can't win a series counting on that sort of scoring production from guys who are not named Jason or Jalen what do you do to get those guys going in this one because Jalen Brown has a prop of 23 and a half points and that's when I like a little bit better is the over yeah I like that one too um I I think these guys just kind of have to like be great like as as maybe dumb as that sounds like I think Tatum and Brown just have to be like make the decision that we're just going to take this game over and we're going to wherever the chips fall is where they fall and mm-hmm. um, I just think the Warriors are too good defensively I think the Celtics offense is just naturally isolation heavy um, and it's just going to be on them to, to make plays and make shots so I think one of them definitely gets over gets the over on this I think a Tatum one is coming you think Brown um uh, Betters, uh, I guess you just go based off who you, which one of me or Michael you trust more. <laughs> Tatum's twenty-seven and a half at minus one twenty for the over. Uh, Brown is twenty-three and a half at minus one thirty. So you're paying a little bit of juice, and that's another reason why I'm not super enthused about going for either of the overs. There are just there are ways. I mean, it, it, that's part of the calculation here too. It's not just oh, I think Jalen Brown's going to score twenty-four or more points. It's yeah, you know, do I want to pay minus one thirty for the privilege of making that bet? And it's, yeah. You know, I do think he goes over 23 and a half. It's not something I'm super interested in when, you know, we've got a smorgasbord available to us. I thought you said initially, I thought you said it was 26 and a half. 20, I like Brown more at 23 and a half. Yeah. So if I had to take one. I do think at least one of those guys goes over. And if both go over, Boston's going to be feeling pretty darn good about themselves on Wednesday night. On the other side, we've got Steph at 28 and a half. Clay's at 19 and a half. Jordan Poole's 12 and a half. Wiggins, 16 and a half. Any of those over or under? get you uh, interested 
I'm there with Steph, um, just because I think he's he's hit that mark every first two games. Correct. What do you have in game two? Did he hit twenty nine? Twenty nine. Yeah. Yeah. So he's hitting both. Um, he looks he looks good. I do wonder if like he's been playing like really good defense. And I don't. I always think Steph's been an underrated defender as of late. But like I wonder if that maybe is going to wear on him. And the Celtics have made him work on the offensive end. So. Maybe you see dead legs here soon, but I think Steph just consistently is going to flirt with that 28-point mark. Um, Clay is the one I'm interested about because I, I, I love that, that Kerr left him in, in uh, garbage time in game mm-hmm. two to try to find a rhythm, but it also might have backfired because Clay couldn't buy a shot with Aaron Neesmith and Sam Hauser on the floor. <laughs> so I wonder if like the confidence is shot. 19, though. Like we we should be due for like a clay twenty. Like we're not asking for much. I know, but, but he just been, has I mean, been, that's been bad. That's been the uh, that's been the the theme for Clay really this entire playoffs. I mean, yeah. forget about these two games in the finals. I mean, this is this is the clay that that we've seen for most of the postseason. And I'm talking a little bit slowly so I can pull it up here. But uh, yeah, this was I was I was making a lot of clay unders earlier in the playoffs just because you know we hadn't really seen it. I mean. Let's see. I mean, how many games are we looking at where he goes 20 points or one, two, three, four? He's got six games with 20 points in the playoffs. And three of those were against Denver in the first round. Yeah. He's just, yeah, it's been hot and cold. Yeah. Uh, it's been more cold than hot. And it's been more cold than hot. I'm going to go under. I still, I, I still think he's in a funk. And I think he's, I think it's mental in the sense that, like, he's trying to make his impact on this series, which could be the last hurrah. He's coming back, mm-hmm. obviously, after all that's happened to him. I I think I think he's just kinda in a in a weird spot. Cause like Clay's always been like a bad shot taker, but it's because he's like he's such a good shooter, we don't like classify as a bad shot. He's taken some like bad shots uh mm-hmm. this series. And I could see that continuing as he tries to I'm gonna go under. I I, I don't think I don't think it's game three. So he's been a guy who's been so obviously a, a very like a lot of shooters very rhythm dependent, uh, but Clay even more so like a guy who, um, with all the 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 strength he's had, he's always been a guy who can sort of you know take off at any angle, but correct his body midair before he lets a yeah. shot go. Yep. We haven't quite seen that sort of uh, shot making from nope. him. We've seen some of the shot taking uh, along those same lines, but we haven't quite seen the shot making from him on those sorts of shots. So uh, that's where I would lean as well. I got to say, my favorite play probably here uh, of any prop is Steph to go over 10.5 rebounds plus assists. It's a number that he's hit more often than not in the playoffs, and he's been at 10 in both games in the uh, NBA Finals thus far. But if you go back to the uh, Western Conference Finals, he had 12, 13, 16, 13, 16 in those five games. Uh, And so it's been something that we've been looking at with him being able to get over 10.5 rebounds plus assists, just just shy of it uh, in the first two games of this series. And I think that... That's something that he is able to get over. And what you love about this one, James, is that I mean, think about the first two games of this series. Uh-huh. Uh, Golden State scores 16 points in the fourth quarter. They go totally cold. Steph really uh, dials back the scoring, and, and not, not deliberately, of course, but a right. you know, 21.4 quarter and then a 34-point game. And so that's what you get in game one. In game two, it's a game that Golden State's totally running away with this. In both of these games, you know, just box score-wise, 34 and 29 from Steph, that looks right. And he's still there putting up double-digit assists plus rebounds. It's yeah. just shy of the mark we're looking for but it's not like 
oh, Steph, if Steph does go over this, he's only going to score 21 points. Or, oh, if Steph gets to 35 again, there's no way he's going to possibly have enough time to dish out and grab 10 and nah. a half over assist plus rebounds. That doesn't worry and me. Yeah. Like he, this, this all, that all works together. This all works in conjunction. And right. so if we like the Warriors a little bit, I, I think Steph goes over that mark. That's I'm with that you. I feel pretty comfortable about. I, I agree. I think that might be the safest, the safest prop. Um, I would, I would, yeah, that's the one I would press send on. It's been one of the most bankable props of the, uh, of the entire playoffs, regardless of player, regardless of team. Uh, that's been one that you've been able to lean on and they've, uh, the books have been playing anywhere between 10 and a half and 12 and a half. Uh, and Steph's been pretty regularly going over to that mark for us. So after two unders, I think he gets back in the over column. Another one that uh, intrigues me is Derek White to go over 11 and a half points. And this is something that uh, let's, let's reach back into the Western Conference Finals, something that you and I talked about a lot with respect to Reggie Bullock. Yeah, I mean, Derek White, he plays a ton and he gets to put up a bunch of shots like you're not for a guy who has the profile of Derek White asking him to score 12 points really isn't that much of a stretch. No, I'm with you. And I, <laughs> he's played well, like yeah. very well. Um, I don't like that one. Like, I think obviously he's not afraid of the moment. He's getting shots. They're going to let him get shots. Maybe that changes now because um, he's been the one that even though it was smaller volume in game two, but he still shot 50% from three, like the shots are going to be there for him. And like I said, this guy isn't afraid of the moment. Like I like, I like that one. I think Derek White's been actually very good offensively. 32 minutes in game one, 30 minutes in game two. Uh, of course, like we know that uh, they're going back into the lab over these couple of days off. I don't think it is, ends up in a m- major reduction in Derek White's minutes. And really the only time we've seen him play uh, down, it was a couple of times in the uh, in the Miami series, and so that's a little bit different uh, when you consider just the matchup and uh, obviously Derek White uh, missing uh, a game in that series. It's just a, a different look uh, than what we're seeing from him and from Boston in this Golden State series. So if he's going to get 30 minutes, he took 11 shots in game one. He took 13 shots in game two. Uh, you pretty much look at every single game in the entire postseason. When he's played 30 minutes, he's taken double-digit uh, mm-hmm. field goal attempts, not in every single game, but close to it. It's just uh, the, the, the volume is going to be there. The opportunity is going to be there for him. And, and oftentimes, as long as we're not asking, you know, it's not a superstar who we're asking to score 28 or 30 points to go over his number, opportunity and volume is going to lead to a number that you like. And so that's what I like about Derek White here. I like that. I'm with you. I, I think we're in lockstep. It is going to be a great Game 3 setting up the remainder of these NBA Finals taking place on a Wednesday night. These Finals delivering thus far should deliver once again on a Wednesday, and that's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks so much for being with us. For James, I am Michael. We say good luck and happy betting. We'll talk to you soon. 